Hey, it is Justin. And before we jump into today's podcast with Ravi Naidu, I want to give all of you a big shout out. Thank you for an incredible year on the Contender Cast. Great content, great guests, great following from all of you, great feedback. And I am just really appreciative and thankful for all of you. We are looking forward to 2018. Already have a lot of great content and speakers lined up, our guests lined up. And uh, we hope you stick with us and uh, look forward to sharing a lot of great bright and shiny ideas with you in the next year. Have a great holiday. Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. I am Justin Hahnemann. We are shining a light on bright ideas. And my guest today, he has lights shining on him like all the time. He is my good friend, Ravi Naidu. And uh, Ravi, it is so great to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. It's great to be here. Right. I mean, so Ravi and I have known each other a while. He is yet another Georgia Tech alum. Um, if you haven't noticed, we, we have a couple of them that have been on the podcast. But um, Ravi is an industrial engineer. He and I work together at Ernst & Young, yeah, that's right? right. At yeah, college. That's right. And that's where we started together, um, our careers. And Ravi, you know, progressed down the, the typical path, I'd say, of a extroverted engineer consulting ibm internet security systems you know and then decided he's not going to do that anymore <laughs> he, he's going to go into acting like i mean i it's anyway i i can't even wait to dive in today because um i think it'll be a fascinating conversation before we go there though let me just uh share a few facts and figures on ravi i think you guys will find just Unbelievable. So let's see, 2013, you sold like everything you had to get into acting, right? I can't wait. Four to days. Hear, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, the conversation with their parents, I'd love to hear about how that went. <laughs> he has been in uh, a ton of movies, a couple that you guys might have heard of, Hunger Games, of course, Catching Fire, um, Million Dollar Arm, G.I. Joe. I remember um, when you did that movie. That was my first one. I remember that. That was a big deal. A um, couple of TV shows you guys have heard of, NCIS, Jane the Virgin, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then also uh, you've got, what, a couple, four now producer credits. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but Ravi, so thanks for being here. Let's let's jump in. So how do you go from engineer, right? Yeah. Process and structure guy. Yeah. Uh, consulting technology <laughs> to I'm going to start acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um- well, for, like I never knew that I that I wanted to act. I never knew that I would enjoy it um, at all. And um, it's it's weird because uh, I I used to be married, and I came home from work one day, and I, I was working at IBM at the time, which was ISS, and we got acquired right, by yep. IBM. And um, and she said she wanted to get into acting, and so I was like, yeah, sure, great. And um, and so she started taking classes, and they just sounded really cool yep. yeah they 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 you know she was really i don't know there's a certain energy or something there and so i just started taking acting classes in in atlanta here with her got it um at a at a studio that used to be over in decatur and i just kept doing it and um it like there was just something there like we started doing a little improv right some improv classes and it um it gave me a different level of energy that i had like, like I never discovered in energy. Like, yeah, it just came out yeah. right. Well, the, the thing that told me that there was something to it was, um, generally when I left work from my regular job, right. I was, I had less energy than when I started the day, every class that I went to, uh, no matter how badly I did, by the way, cause I was not good. 
at all by any Dude, stretch of the imagination. I remember when you started stand-up comedy, though. I mean, like, that was awful. No, it was not. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. But I would leave class with more energy. And this is like right. at 11 o'clock at night. Right. More energy than when I started. Every totally time. Totally get that. I did my first play in Atlanta, um, thanks to Michael Cole for letting me do that. And every rehearsal, no matter how dog tired I was, because I would go from work right. to, rehearsal, to rehearsal, I would yep. drive all the way out to Flat Shoals <laughs> and, you know. Which is not close to midtown. Not at all. And at the end of the night, I just, I just like, I had a buzz. I was buzzing, you right. know. And it didn't matter how bad the rehearsal went or how, or how overwhelming it was. I just, I was energized. So I just kept doing it. And then, um, and then because at that time, you know, this was like seven years ago, there weren't very many of me in the Atlanta market. <laughs> and when you say many of me, of course you're referring you know, to. Yeah. Indians. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, in this market, but of course, demographically, the country has been changing a lot. And sure. so you're seeing a lot more Indians in film uh, and TV projects. And so it was pretty easy for me to get an agent. It was pretty easy got for it. her to get okay. an agent. So we both got uh, an agent. And then I just started auditioning. Sure. Like I knew nothing about it. And um, it was, I was horrible. I mean, I was, I was absolutely terrible. Well, wh okay. How do you know you were horrible? Because of where I am now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. Looking I, back, maybe. Oh, yeah. Got I mean, it. I'm so glad that those, I, I know for certain that those tapes have all vanished. <laughs> I hope. I really you hope they have. <laughs> Because they're just awful. Like I just wasn't. But but my this whole, was new for you, right? I mean, this was you pursuing a obvious new passion, an area where energy just was. And know, it is a hell of a lot right? harder than I thought it was. So, I mean, acting is hard. I think most people don't get that, or maybe don't know enough about it. So tell us, like, what makes it difficult, and like, what are the things that you really had to work on when you first got into it? It is so hard to be real. In a, in a scene that's totally made up in right. wor with words that are written for you by somebody else. And especially in an audition where you're just in a bl blank room, you have no props. You have to fake everything. You don't, you're not wearing the costume. You're right. not, you're not with another actor. You're not on a set with like real furniture or anything. <laughs> you are just making it all up, but it has to be, you have to Authentic. really feel it. Right. You have to feel it inside. So that whole internalizing thing it takes a long time and I'm maybe, I probably still have 15 years to go of becoming a really good actor, I would say. Um, but just, you don't know how hard it is until you tape yourself doing a scene. And then watch yourself And back. then watch it. <laughs> oh, no. It's the most horrifying experience oh, ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, I remember when you first started and you were actually hosting uh, get-togethers and practice sessions and whatnot. Yeah. And recording yeah, yourselves yeah. And, your other, and others and doing I've those made, types I had of a sessions. studio down yeah. in the basement, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you decide to get into it. You realize, you know, that, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought, but kind of fun and just definitely an energy place for you. And, you know, I think one of the takeaways from that, jumping to the end of the podcast, is you, you, you decided to pursue something that was real energy energy maker for you. So, you know, in my world, that's writing music. It's hosting this podcast. It's yeah. writing a book or whatever. Like I, like you, I could leave work and, and start that and it's, I'm fully energized. Right. 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 So you decided to get into it and you start taking uh, lessons, I'll call it. And, and, and what was like the first break for you when you, you got like your first win in the industry? Um, well, the first thing I ever booked was Homeland. Oh, which, I love that show. Yeah. And I, it was that's it right. Was you had spectacular. the you had the microscope. I think you were inspecting. I was a something. jewel. I was a jewelry. You were the jewelry guy. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. In season one, <laughs> I yeah. remember that. Um, you had one. I think it was one line. I think you I said two it words. is authentic or something. Like I had that. two words. Three fifty. Three fifty. <laughs> now, 
for two words, this, this, it's, it's hard not to fall in love with a business where this happens. I had two words and for two words, they uh, picked me up at my house okay. in a town car, Nice. To, flew me to Charlotte, okay. put me up in a hotel, right? Right. I, I go on set, I do my two words, and then, the, and then I'm back at the How hotel. How many takes did the two words take? I think we did like between five and 10 takes, <laughs> you know? Because so, there, there are takes, minutes, there are takes minutes, that you right? do for the acting. Uh, no, I was on set for probably like two or three hours because, yeah. you know, you do you do takes to check the lighting and the sound sure. and all that stuff. And then you do takes for the actual acting. Um, and then they, you know, flew me back and then drove me back to the house. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and, and they gave me a super nice trailer. Oh, nice. You know, and I'm on this this award winning show. Right. And, you know, I had already been bitten. Did you meet bit. Carrie Matheson? I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I didn't get to work with her. No. Hilarious. But, you know. The other thing that happened um, just before I booked Homeland is I did a 90-day silent meditation program. Okay. Because I was getting really confused about what I wanted to do with my life at that time. Because, look, I, I, you know, if you're born an Indian male in the U.S., you have uh, two career choices. Okay. Doctor, engineer. My dad had two sons. I am an engineer. My brother's a doctor. Um, <laughs> wow. One he, and one. He's Got a it. PA. Okay. He's a PA in Denver. Uh, so my dad got what he wanted until, until I started to, you know, question whether I should actually, you know, do something that I want to do because there was, there's never a day, literally there's never a single day in my life where anybody like pulled me aside and said, you know what, you should really kind of figure out what it is that you're interested in, what you want to do and <laughs> what you like. And doctor or engineer. That's it. Like that was the conversation. Is it dictated to you or is it just kind of an expectation? It's very well choreographed. It's it's a it's a it's an art. It's an art form wow. that, that you know that sounds like a whole other Indian parents have, have come through. You should probably talk to my parents about how well they did that. It <laughs> I'll was, get them on the future. It was well done. It, it was very well done because wow. it's just all very, you know, anytime I started to deviate or something, they just, right. they just they nudge you back. right back, right onto yep. the path. Industrial right? engineer. And I don't blame them at all, right? Sure. I mean, look, my parents worked really, really, really hard. They came here with next to nothing, like a lot of immigrant families did. And um, they just they they wanted uh the shortest path for what they defined as success right? sure so and when you come happened, from a place you know ahead. when you come from a place like india or any developing country um success looks a lot different than when you come from a fully developed um uh, free country like america we have the freedom to think about stuff like hey what do i want to do right. in india you do not you yeah. in India, you are just survive. You're trying to survive, right? I right? was just there two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you you decide you you do this meditation, right? <laughs> so and then you go ninety to days talk to your silent. <laughs> ninety days silent. I had a lot of time to think about what it is that I had done up to my life at that point, and what it is that I wanted to do. You know, I basically chunked, I can't imagine ninety days silent. I mean, oh, know, I highly I, recommend. I'm a talker. It. So am I, but. I know you're an extrovert. Anyway, I know. Sidebar. All but right. So you, you'd be amazed at like, it's it's not hard to lean into. I thought it would be really hard. It it was great. I'm sure it was great and helped you to think. Okay, so you come so out. You of just that. think about. You know, you think about. Um, yeah, you know, I thought about what these past twenty years would look like. I thought about well, what do I want the next twenty years to look like? If I stay on the path that I'm on right now, there's there's probably a, a, a C initial in front of my title at some point in time, and I'm running something, or I'm you know I'm a VP of this or that or whatever. And 
I don't know why, I really don't know why, even though I went to Georgia Tech and I was an industrial engineer and I went to grad school for industrial engineering, which sounds really dumb for an actor to do. <laughs> but, you know, I just kept doing stuff that I didn't really necessarily like doing because I didn't know any better. And I just knew that if I got a grad degree from Georgia Tech, I'd get a great job and all that. So then that, and all those things did happen. And it was great. Um, but it's, it, it's, um, nothing about it like resonated with me when you're silent, you can kind of tap into how you're really feeling within sure. yourself and Absolutely. like what your, what your body, how your body is responding to certain thoughts. Right. So when I would think about and visualize, well, if I'm the CFO of a company or the CIO right. or the EVP of this, or, right. you know, cause I admired, you know, being in the consulting world, I admired a lot of these top level executives totally. yep. and, um, I didn't know exactly what it is that I admired about them, but, um, I think I just admired the respect and the responsibility that they had more than anything. Sure. Um, but then I had tapped into this acting thing and I was doing it part-time and I was like, well, what if, well, just for fun, I mean, what if I like did this full-time, you know? And my, my system kind of went crazy. Like right. it was like, oh God, that sounds really good because- you know, be, you, it's process and creative. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You could create stuff that you want to create, and you could you. But could, there's structure to it, and how it has to come together. Yeah, and so when I got done with the 90 days, I uh, I went home and I and I told my uh, my wife at the time. I said, you know what, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna Pursue really lean thing. into this thing yeah. full time. And I went to my agency and I said, hey, look, I know I've just been dabbling around, but I'm in, right? I'm, yeah. I'm in this thing to so, win it. When you went to your parents, though, like how'd that conversation go? I mean, we're a doctor or, or engineer. Engineer, right? right? Well, they, like the whole time, the this. whole time, both my mom and my dad, um, they were always just like, that's, that's great, but it's just a hobby, right? Like all, they would both always just say independently, well, that's, I'm really glad, like when I'm telling, like, how's it going? I would always talk about the acting stuff, right? They just want to know, you know, are you still gainfully employed and and making money and able to take care of us when you get older? Um, and uh, I I would keep talking about the acting stuff, and they'd always just be like, "Oh God, that's that's really great," but it's still just a hobby, right? I'm like, "Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of." And then um, I and then I just started booking stuff. I mean, I booked Homeland and sure. I booked um, you know GI Joe, and I was still working full time. Uh, and I got a divorce in between that. And so when I got separated, um, I, the, t the way I am is, um, I should not have free time. That's dude. We, we have that in common. We do. There's no free time. Free time and me time is are like, not friends. I feel that yeah. something, the next project, right? Right. But, um, this, you know, the divorce and separation were very, very, very stressful sure. emotionally and, and in every way. Um, and so I just filled it with classes. So I, I was taking four acting classes a night. Wow. Um, I was doing improv on the weekends. Um, I was dabbling in stand up a little right, bit I there that. and I was working full time and, um, and I just started booking cause I was, I was getting a little bit better. Sure. So I just started booking stuff and I was like, oh my God, this, this, this thing could work. Right. And I did the hunger games. I got to work with Donald Sutherland. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sure. And, um, and I was like, oh man, is this, and I'm still like, you know, practical, is this practical? Can I practically do this? Like, right. it wasn't like, it's never been like my dream to sure. be famous or anything. Right. It never has. It still isn't. But like, practically speaking, I was like, well, God, you know, I mean, like if I get good at this and I can work as an actor, I can make a lot more money <laughs> doing right. it. Right. Yeah. Like I can be no a question. lot more successful doing this. Why would I not? 
do pursue that. it. Right. Um, and so, and so I decided to move out to LA. And so that conversation was really tough because they were like, well, yeah, but we thought this was just a hobby. Um, and I was like, well, actually, I, th I think I'm going to do this full time now. And they're like, oh, okay, but, but you're going <laughs> to- You're still going to be doing your engineering work. Yeah, you're still going to be doing your right. consulting work, right? And I was like, well, um, not exactly, um, because I'm going to move to LA. And uh, and then I'm going to quit my job after I moved to <laughs> Surprise. LA. And they're like, oh, okay, but you're going to keep your house, right? So that you can come back to Atlanta if you need to. Nope. I was like, well, no, actually, um, I put it on the market two days ago and it's already under <laughs> it's contract. It's already sold. Yeah. yeah. And so th that was the type of thing where I was like, I better just go ahead and do it and not ask for permission. Um, and my mom, to her credit, my mom you know, is kind of like my cheerleader. And she was very, on the outside, at least very, very supportive. Today, to this day, she still is, but I know when, within herself, she's terrified. Oh, sure. um, <laughs> my dad, uh, it, it, my dad's supportive as well, but um, there's not very many times when I don't get reminded sure. of, of how good I had it when I was a full-time consultant. That is really funny. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, with your background skills, you, could, you as you're doing now, kind of jumping back in on the side, you could, if you wanted to, you could go back to that. But Oh yeah, that's I made mean, them both know. very, very happy. Uh, sure, so right. now that I'm Check doing Salesforce, yeah, right. now so. that I'm doing Salesforce, there's like, oh, phew, that's he's funny. like, he hasn't given up uh, on, uh, on oh, making good. money. Maybe back to engineer. Yeah. Um, all right, so... You moved to LA and I remember when this happened, we actually got together and talked about this and it was just as the Georgia film industry was really kind of starting to boom. I mean, and it's unbelievable now. I mean, as you know, I mean, you can't drive around the, the, the town of Atlanta and not see the, the signs for a film shoot. A filming, somewhere. Yeah. Right? So where does Georgia fit in the film industry? What, as, what have you seen there versus the LA? Like, what are the differences and, and yeah. why move out there versus stay here? Like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was kind of an important decision point for me because I could have stayed here and tried to do it full time and just, you know, I had a taping studio, so I could have been taping folks and things like that. But the heart and the brains of the entertainment industry are in LA. Sure. The arms and the legs are all over the planet. Got right. It. Yep. So, um, half of the reason why I moved to LA was for from edu from an educational standpoint. I was either going to go to London, New York, or LA because um, I had great coaches and teachers here in Atlanta. Yep. Um, Michael Cole, Dave Pileggi, Brian Chapman. They're really, really great actors. They're very, very talented. Very good teachers. But um, if I wanted to do like a conservatory program or something like that, I didn't have that here in Atlanta. Got it. There's okay. uh, so many choices of doing those things. So I found a two-year program out in LA um, called Meisner, a Meisner program. And um, so I, that's part of the reason why I went out. So I spent like the first two, two and a half years just deeply entrenched in just studying and learning and just kind of sponging up um, knowledge that most actors had started sponging up since they were like the age of six or seven, right? <laughs> right I right. started at a much, much later sure, age. Sure, but why so not? that was I mean, part you, of it. You took the, the leap, you that, pursuing your passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was part of it, and and I have no regrets about that at all. Um, that program was incredible, um, and it really showed me um, why acting is as hard as it is, and and the work, and it gave me a process. Sure, I'm a process guy. I know, right? Like, so it, yep. it gave me a process that I can use in my own work, right? And then the other reason is, is because if the heart and the brains of the industry are out there, then um, all a lot of the decision making is done out there. Sure. So it, it can't hurt me at all to be in Closer that ecosystem. Sure. Um, and I will say that there, there, I always heard rumors about um, fat 
the people in the industry really respected you a lot more if you at least spent time in their world. Right. And it is a different world. It is living in LA is night and day different from living in Atlanta. Yes, um, the yellow and black signs with the arrows and right, initials on right. them, they're all over the place here in Atlanta and they're all over the place in LA. You see the crews and the lights and the trucks and the everything, everything. the trailers sure. and all that stuff. But the energy and the vibe and the vibration in LA is 100% different than in Atlanta. And it's just because it's 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 older. It's, sure. it's the cult, the, ener- the industry has been there. It's established. Yep. And so, and it's harder. Sure. It's a more difficult, it's a harsher environment to be in. Um, probably not as harsh as say like New York or maybe like London, I don't know. But it's it was very hard for me being out there coming from the safe cocoon of Atlanta. Sure. Right? I didn't know anybody, first of all. So just socially, right. you had to get socially into it was it. a little bit isolating. Yep. Um, I, I didn't know anything about this industry, about this work. I was a newbie and I'm, I'm old. Right. Hands down. I'm <laughs> oh, in classes. I'm in classes with 20 year olds, right. you know, 20 something year olds who have got, who've got an MFA or a BFA or a, you know, they've, you know, been to the London, whatever school of sure. whatever, and studied with these world renowned teachers and things like that. And, and I'm like, Oh, I went to Georgia tech. Right. <laughs> You're an engineer. Yeah. I'm an engineer. They're like, what's that? Right. And every time I go and what, and what did you used to do? Oh, I used to be, do be a consultant. Oh, well, what's, what's that? What's that? Yeah. No concept. What does that mean? And just like a lot of head and I was like, sure. I explain it, but well, you know, I, I help companies, you know, improve their process. Oh God, that sounds really good. I have no right. idea what you're I don't know about. what that is. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I think one of the cool things about you and others like you is you have this creative side that totally can be unleashed and you're a process thinker, right? And you can, you like structure and organization. So we talked about some of the movies and, and TV shows you've done. One of the third area you've been focused on is on producing. And to me is when I think about producing a show, any kind of, any kind of content, even this podcast, right? You know, I have put together a outline that I've been walking through as we've been talking here. And then I have <laughs> afterwards, you know, there's kind of a process to right. making this sound great and getting right. it released. And the cool thing about producing something is it's kind of like a big project, right? I mean, is that, so how, how do you find doing the producing part versus acting? I didn't know when, when I uh, quit my job, I thought that I was hundred percent divorcing myself from my engineering project management side of life. Sure. I thought that I was just putting it to rest literally. <laughs> right. And I thought I was just going to do acting, nothing but acting other people's stuff until I wrote and produced uh, Brown Town, which was the first thing that I ever did. I didn't realize that I'm a great producer because all a producer is is a pro- not all. I don't. I don't mean to uh, minimize that. It it is one of the hardest jobs on any set. But a producer is a project manager. Sure, they're they are lots top of of notch parts. project managers. Yep. They've got lots of people, lots of logistics, lots of expenses. There's budget management, people management, um, logistics management. There's kind risk of risk management plan where you need to go. There, you've got a start date, you've got an end right. date, you've got a budget. It's totally. getting your thing done on time, on budget, within and true to the vision of whatever that project is. Just like any project that we've worked on. Sure. Now, the parameters around project, technology projects are much easier to define because they're not esoteric and they're not uh, very touchy feely. It's um, we, uh, you know, our HR systems are broken and we need people soft and right, we, we and we'll go implement in. that. Right, yes. exactly. But 
that concept of taking someone's vision and creating a project plan and executing on a project plan around making sure that the end product is true to that original vision is very much in line with everything that we did at E&Y and, and, sure. and any consultant, any good consultant does. And so producing Brown Town and, and Ramsey Snow and, and, um, and the other shorts that, that I did, um, that part, like it exercised that side of my brain that I thought I had put to rest. Sure. And it was just resting is what right. it was. So it was um, ready to go. I woke it up and yep. that stuff came so, comes so easy to me, creating call sheets and creating, right. creating set lists and creating shot, shot lists and all sure. that stuff and organizing the project. Now, what's really hard is doing that and acting in the same. Got it. I don't really enjoy that very much. I, I've done it Almost several times mindsets. now. It's, it's really, really hard for me yep. because when I'm in project management mode, I'm really in that mode. And it's hard for me to um, be, an, be, excuse me, be emotionally available because you have to make a lot of decisions very, very quickly as a project manager to deal with whatever fire is going on right now and do it from a place, do it from a non-emotional place. Sure. You've got to do it from a, what's best for this project, what's best for our time, for our budget, for our vision, boom, go, Right. But acting is is completely completely different. So I I find it, and I've heard a lot of other actors, um, very very well established actors say the same thing that it's sure. it's really hard to direct an act or produce an act. Um, so I hope to get to the point where I can just do you know on some projects just be the producer and the writer, right, and, right. and just and some projects just be the actor. But for now, I'm gonna have to do it all. <laughs> to do both. Yeah. Any what's just your preference, or do you like both equally, but just in different. You know, I situations. like both equally. Like I, yeah. um, you know, I was telling you earlier, I, I, I've, I've had sessions with Vedic astrologers and numerologists, uh, because for a while I had to come to grips with whether this was just pure insanity, what I was doing, <laughs> because there's a, there was a real part of me that was struggling with what right. I was doing. Sure. Like what I was every day when I was getting up, there was a part of me going, what, what are you doing with <laughs> right. your life? What are you, you were fine. Right. You had a house and Yeah, cars but do you want to and... be just fine? I think if you had gone no, through life it, as just fine, you would have like, missed out. But it's that thing about, I never grew up um, knowing that it is 100% acceptable to pursue a passion. Got it. Right? Yeah. I think a lot and of people so listening to this are asking themselves that question right now. Yeah. And, and look, that, that is impractical for a lot of people. And I understand that, but it wasn't for me. I was an, I was an am in a very, um, uh, uh, um, incredible position where it wasn't an impracticality for me. It was practical. I could do it and I still can do it. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. But for the longest time, the fact that there was, that there was even a choice never occurred to me. Right. And so my brain was still wired to, why aren't you just going to a job that you didn't, you don't like that much? Who cares? <laughs> right, right. You liked getting that check. You right. know, you liked living in that house. But didn't that's you? like the dynamic tension. Yes. A creative person has to manage that has a day job that is not creative. You know, like they yes. march to the office through traffic and they do their nine to five and then they come home and have the kids and the family and the dinner and the, you know, and then the next day they wake up and go back to the office and through the traffic and the nine to five. Like, yes. meanwhile, like what I find a lot of people do is they just kind of drop any creative interest. Oh, you they know, give I up. Really yeah. I think I they really just want to because, pursue that. Because you know why? Doing. And I get why. I think I get why. Because it takes a lot of mental energy and it puts a big burden on your system to keep thinking that there's something that you want to do and you're not 
doing anything concrete to move the needle in that direction. Sure. It it feels when when I was when I felt like I was just when that was happening to me before I actually like pursued these things, I felt like I was not living, but I was just dying. Oh, you know what a statement. And now, I, even though I, you know, I worry about things that I didn't used to worry about before. You know, finances are a di- whole different ballgame right now, um, and 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 doing a good job as an actor is it. It's so different from when I felt like I was doing a good job as a consultant. Sure. Totally um, different measurements. Totally right? different measurements and yeah. to- and a completely different process involved with getting there. Um, but it just, until I did that, I just felt like I was just kind of marching towards the end. And now, every day, I feel like every, and every time I feel like, God, this is really, really hard. I just, there's, there, now... There, my brain has kind of rewired itself to be like, yeah, but you're doing what you want to do. Nobody right. forced you to do this. That's right. And that that little thing goes, so you're living. You're really living, you know? Totally. Um, and, and and a lot of people may not get it. And that's taken me a long time. to Because if you grow up as a people pleaser, which I was <laughs> yeah, for a long time. Me too. I finally, I finally, finally, <laughs> finally like started to break free of like, that right. bond of, of needing people's appreciation, validation, validation. I external know. validation. I know has I'm guilty. Me. Oh man, it, you know, it, it I need to hear the feedback years. sometimes. Oh, I need God. someone to say, you know, that was really good work. No matter Pat what your back. level good is, you job, know, I, don't, I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but sometimes I need that. Or I feel like I'm dropping the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was <sighs> for me. It was like at such a level where I decided everything based upon that. Right. You know, it wasn't based upon what I wanted to do or what I liked or wh- how I felt about things. If we talk about like issues, social issues, political issues and stuff like that, I never actually voiced my voice because right. I because was always concerned about else. what everybody else was going to think of yep. me. Right. Um, and just so like breaking free of those things just makes me feel like I'm living now just a little more authentic, dying. authentically i love that walking through each day living to live anyway yeah okay so um wow i mean we could go on for an hour or two on this topic right. uh yeah <laughs> um i i think that was probably a moment for a lot of people um you've probably got some people listening that have said you know what i'm going to do it i want to start where do they start if they want to you know th- there's a lot of opportunities i see and others see popping up here and there to go be an ex- extra in something. But I mean, you know, forget about extra. If, if I wanted to go and get started, what would be a step or two somebody might want to take? This is, this is a great question. And, I, and I'm glad that I feel like I can actually give input on this. Um, I, I, I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend anybody to take a class. All right. Um, it doesn't matter where you take a class. But if you if you take your first class and you don't enjoy it, and there's still this thing inside of you that says, "Oh, maybe I want to do this," and there's a, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, I'll say this: my reasons for getting into and making the jump to being a full time actor, writer, producer um, were not good reasons to do to do a, to do something on the creative side of the spectrum of careers, um, and, and because my reasons were financially driven. You talk to or you listen to any interview of any well-known actor, um, uh, writer, director, Comedian, yep. they, the, uh, any one of them that's being honest, uh, and I will say the exact same thing. If there's anything else that you want to do, do it. Because this d- pursuing this is really, really, really hard, and it's really impractical. 
is very, very, very impractical. And that's coming from a very practically, practical, practically minded person. Um, but I will say that um, I encourage anybody that's got an itch or something that they need to scratch. You got to scratch it. I totally man, you know? agree. And we live in a, in a, in a place where you can do it, right? Take a class, go see shows, like uh, tailor your activities around that interest, okay? D definitely, I am all for dipping your toe in the pool before you even step into the Absolutely. shallow end, right? Take a class. You don't like that class? Take a different class. If you take an acting class, you don't like it? Take an improv class. If you wanna get into stand-up, take a stand-up class or just go do open mics if you if you have the courage and willingness to do it. I don't blame anybody put for taking a class. Put yourself out there though, right? But put yourself out there. And if and you won't know what it's like to be in it until you actually start doing it, you know? No do question. a do a do a, a community theater play or something like that, right? Get, I did get one it. of those last year. Yes, you did. That's Joseph. Right. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> that right. You so were Joseph, fun. right? I was, um, I was no the Pharaoh. Oh, that's right. Remember? That's right. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. Oh God, dude. That was like, <laughs> but that was totally amazing. Like, yes, I, I'm, I'm so anyway, sidetrack, sidebar, and, but I mean, no, no. And, and here's the other thing is, is I was in a position, I was in a very, very luxurious, um, enviable position. I think I uh, was single, no kids, you know, from a, a traditional responsibility standpoint, I was kind of free and loose, sure. right? So yeah, in my mind, uh, for me to not go whole hog into it would have been really irresponsible because I didn't have those other responsibilities to take care of. So this became kind of my my wife and kids, so to sure. speak. Sure, yeah. Makes now, sense. I think there are a lot of people who do have legitimate <laughs> right. um, uh, wife, and kids. wife and kids, right? Or they have responsibilities they need to take care of. And um, I think the reason why a lot of people um, who go into the arts and into creative endeavors and things like that get a bad rap is because uh, I think uh, sometimes they do it in an irresponsible way and they kind of um, use it as an excuse to drop their other responsibilities. Got it. Okay. And I don't think that's necessary sure. at all. I think you can start small and you can see how you see like how it. See how it goes. Absolutely. See how it goes. Um, the way I'm wired is my gut for some reason, because I'm sort of an impulsive. Well, I know why. It's because I have massive ADD. <laughs> um, and when you have really, really bad ADD, you're very oh impulsive gosh. sometimes. Yes. So right. I have to, I have to, you know, put a governor on you myself. Dial that back sometimes. I got to dial it back. And so I did start. Just you know, I was married and I had a good job and and we were talking about thinking about maybe family starting and those types of things. And so it was very, very impractical for me to just like drop it and go into acting hog. So I dipped my toe in, right. in the water and yeah. then I slipped and fell in the deep end. But <laughs> um, right. I was in a place where I could swim, right? Yep, no doubt. Um, but I think anybody that wants to get into it, especially in Atlanta right now, I mean, the, what's, what's being built here feels to me like something that is long-term, like a good foundation. It doesn't feel to me like it's something that that um, is going to just be stripped away sure. overnight because of a, a tax incentive or something like that. Right. Now, if the tax incentives go away, you're going to see a <laughs> lot less I don't think they'll signs. be going away. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. No, I was no. surprised to see what happened in, in Louisiana and North sure. Carolina and Florida and South Carolina. And I and I hope that- Big loss for some of those. You know? I absolutely think yeah, so. In, a, in more ways than just financial, absolutely. I think- it's you culture. know, it's part of the culture too. Absolutely. I mean. So I love that. You know, you asked me before if uh, if I would move back. I would totally move back to Atlanta in a heartbeat if a project brings me back sure. to Atlanta. I, I I would not hesitate at all. I miss Atlanta every day. I just dude. We need to get you in like the Avengers. I mean, there are all these movies here. It's 
Anyway, you can get me in the Avengers. I'll do it. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'd um, make a great Avenger. You know? <laughs> filming all over town right now. Yeah. All right. So, um, last but not least, what's next for you? And uh, and any? I know you you got maybe one or two big projects you're looking to pursue, right? Yeah. So the other strange thing, dipping my toe into the writing and producing side of it, has kind of opened my eyes to how much I really enjoy doing that. And what's become interesting is. Um, I have started to kind of question how I can contribute back to uh, Amer- our country. There have been a lot of things that have happened that have been very frustrating. I'm, I'm sure not just to me, um, but in general, we're living in kind of a, I feel like this is the age of frustration right, um, right. and tension and yeah, divisiveness. Another whole podcast, right? And, right. Yeah. But um, I feel like I'm in a position now to maybe create something that um, can help at least explore our culture and our society and what we're calling capitalism and what we're, uh, what we've created for ourselves. Right. Um, so I am right now kind of in the process of, of forming a, maybe two documentaries, um, will probably be films, um, to look at, uh, to look at ourselves and it's not coming from a from a finger pointing kind of oh we're we're doing it wrong or we're doing it bad it's let's take an honest look at who we are let's let's really like suss up um who we are and this all kind of comes from because i was fortunate enough to meet a, an amazing guru who has opened my eyes my inner eyes really to um important aspects of life that i never thought about before and the importance of of going uh within yourself to kind of help raise your own consciousness right sure not looking outside of yourself to do really what's inner work and i feel you know i feel like we live in in such a luxurious place where uh if you live in a capitalistic society and in a democracy i think that that should be designed to help everybody to create a can create an environment for everybody to be able to raise their own consciousness level. If we don't have just the foundations in place for everyone um, from childhood to just be able to have um, kind of a basic strong foundation, then they're just going to grow up constantly worried about survival every sure, day. Sure. And if you're worried and about survival, out of cycle. exactly. If you're worried about survival every day, you'll never break out of the cycle. So um, I'm talking to a few people and just kind of, coming up with um, some real hard parameters around a couple of documentaries, which I think will actually become docu-series um, uh, on hashtag HBO, I hope. And um, and then an app. I've got an idea for this app that I want to do around accountability and transparency. So um, my I it's taken me a long, long time to figure out what my overall frustration is or what's kind of the the foundation of my frustration, and it is in a in a place where we very well easily could have full transparency and accountability in a place where you know we're supposed to have a government that's you know by the people for the people all that kind of stuff. Sure, I feel increasingly frustrated at how difficult it is for me to find out what my government is doing with my tax dollars. Sure, right? Taxes are a, a huge hot issue right now. Of course, um, <clears throat> and I would love a way. So I'm gonna you know, the elevator pitches, I'm going to build an app that allows anybody that wants to, to find out exactly how your tax dollars are being used on a day-to-day basis based upon what your government, our government is working on that day. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, well, and it's, awesome. you know, I've been told that it's it's real pie in the sky and sure. it's real. Yeah, but you know, if you don't but try. my answer is, um, I think a lot of big things have started out as a pie in the sky uh, idea. And uh, unless, uh, you know, we start taking some kind of step forward, I don't know how we get anywhere close to it. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, dude, Robbie, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast. This has just been awesome. <laughs> thanks for having me. For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools, and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender. Contender.